0: on june 14 your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in disney pixar's inside out 2 it's time to greet your team riley it's anger let me at him fear safety checklist is complete disgust
1: ew ew sadness is in the house oh no hello I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions.
2: Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2.
0: There's a part two? We're
2: going! Rated PG. Parental guidance
0: suggested. Only theaters June 14th. Get tickets now. (laughs)
2: I'm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, look, I don't have a classic Australian ochre accent, mate, because, you know, it's just not acceptable.
0: And that's how um, we go live. Love it.
2: <laughs> and sorry, ochre the flock is chocker. Um, but, you know, sorry. You were saying something?
0: Uh, hello, everybody. It's been a hot minute. Hi. I it is Once again, uh, it is me, Alex, your perpetually disheveled host, uh, with my my other two hosts that are far more illustrious. It has been a hot <laughs> second. Um, do not laugh at me. Uh, but uh, I'm just thinking of myself as illustrious. What, yes, yeah, same. Take uh, <laughs> the compliment. Uh, uh, hi, we've missed you guys. If you could you tell? Um, anyways, yes, welcome to the Talk Nerdy to me, our cyber nation by night. Um, and it is, yeah, we've got some stuff to cover. You know, it had a little bit of backlog in the past couple months, but here we are now. Uh, I've introduced myself. Uh, so and Gomi, make your introductions. Um,
2: hell, I'm Gomi. If that's about all I need to say, I'm doing the tech reviews, and you know, I'm human technically. And if I get anything wrong, we'll just accept it and we'll move on. And Rem, I love
1: it. I'm Rem. Hi, guys. Uh, I am the uh, owner and founder of Rem Alternus Productions, a nerdy media production company, and the marketing and community director for Catalyst Game Lab. So, hi.
0: And that's that's us. Um, so mm-hmm. as as we normally do, since I think we try, we uh-huh. want to always end on a high note. Um, and it's generally the it is tech and primarily AI we've been covering on the tech section. Um, let's just us just get right into it. if I can just remember how. Yeah, how I like started. how
2: we we end on a high note. So I've got to start nice and low to get us up to that that height. Yeah. Um.
1: So yeah. It's just like every other episode
0: we do, everyone. Every, every, every month is a hero's journey. It's fine.
2: <laughs> yes. Um, first out of the gate, we have this idea of techno-feudalism. Now, this is a book by Yanis uh, Varoufakis. Um, back in 2016, he was the Greek finance minister for about eight months, give or take, before the um, Greek economy went into collapse. And well, it wasn't his fault anyway. (laughs) Um, But he, um, yeah, I've been only a couple of chapters in, but basically he's looking at, well, what the hell's happening to capitalism these days? Because we all know social media, those outlets, you know, Facebook, Twitter, um, TikTok, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, Mm -hmm. designed to capture our attention and keep us engaged. So he explores how capitalism is reliant on a market to sell its products. Um, but the fact that Amazon exists and is the market for books now, pretty much without exception, um, that we're now stuck in this, almost this new idea of a digital cold war. Uh, I'm not too sure how to express it because against Amazon, you've got the like of Ten Cents and Alibaba who are both large tech giants out of China. And, you know, Amazon's taking, I believe, 40% off the top of everything it sells. So this is why it's a massive company. Um, But, yeah, no one noticed this happen, basically. Uh, uh, The only thing I can sort of think of linking it to myself is um, there's a William Shatner TV series, was ghostwritten for William Shatner so he could star in it, called Tech War or Tech Lords. Uh, Early mid-90s, mid-90s? Yeah, mid-90s, give or take. And, you know, it's basically these people who have economies of scale larger than most governments or or countries, um, as we were sort of discussing a little bit earlier. And so you've got this situation where I would guess that the likes of some governments have to keep printing money, otherwise their economies will collapse, but with the likes of Amazon taking a percentage off the top. And if you ever had to do any uh, sales through stuff like the app stores for Google or the I've, I've, uh, Apple equivalent, they're taking 30% off the top. So, you know, you've got these platforms that you get locked into that you have to make this agreement with that are just basically taking a large percentage off the top of, your, of potential profits for um, virtually one, no s- supply. One
0: second, Gomi. Yeah. Uh, your camera is bugging out on my end. You, you've, you've become a GIF.
2: Oh, great. Well, as long as you can still hear me, I'm. it's probably better than my face. Um, so this you know, this leads to, you know, these systems get set up. So when Facebook first started, it was you got a feed of all your friends, you got people you could contact, things that worked for you. And I'm going to have to apologise for the Australian internet and I could blame a particular, particular political party down here. Because they're fuckwits, um, and my opinion of them will never change. Mm-hmm. Sorry for that bit of Australian slang. If you don't know what it is, I'm certain you could look it up somewhere.
1: I'm an um, forever now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> look, yeah. In terms of that sort of stuff, politically, they made the decision to destroy the fibre optic version of, of an internet we could have had, so we didn't get it. Anyhow. Back to this. So you've got this system where customers get drawn in early because it's free, because it's easy to connect with your friends, and then they draw in um, advertisers to sell to said customers because they've got a big customer base, and then um, they start profiteering off the top. So the likes of, I think, Twitter didn't turn a profit for a decade. Um, there are a lot, of, a lot of these companies that didn't, and it looks like you're having problems, Alex great as
0: long as you can still hear
2: me i'll keep crapping on
0: no it's, the the camera on is on my end you were you like pixel tearing and looping and now you're back to normal on my end so...
2: as i said crapping to net in australia um but <laughs> this whole process that uh Verifacus is talking about is basically how these platforms have grabbed our attention and are bound us to to use them on a regular basis. Hmm. And so, you know, when you look at getting a book, you go to Amazon and either you get the Kindle version or you get the hard copy, whichever. Uh but regardless, if Amazon goes down, you've lost all your books unless you've got hard copy. Yeah. A friend of mine who passed on about a decade ago, he had a huge um iTunes library. Yep. But on the event of his death, um, ownership of that library disappeared. And so Apple could then charge the next generation for said things. So this is like this whole feudalism kind of process because we're now serfs working these platforms, providing them with three free content such as YouTube and Twitch, which, you know, if you're doing stuff for them, you're doing stuff for them. Um, so, yeah, there's this whole panopticon of, of things going on. But there's also this system and this to my mind, links to Blank Reg from uh, Max Hedrum, the Max Hedrum TV series yeah. about how he's pushing stuff into it, but he's also outside of it. Don't know how that can happen, but we'll hopefully look into it over the next coming month. Um, but this brings me to the other major point in tech, which is Corey Doctorow's talk at DEFCON 31, uh, which is that his audacious plan to halt the inshitification of the internet, which is, is the a- process I've just described from techno-feudalism.
1: Is is in shittification another Australian uh, term?
2: Or is that technical? No, it came from him. It's a technical term. I love it. Where things become shit, (laughs) excrement. It's like pissing in the shallow end of the gene pool (laughs) to give you a wonderful visual there. Yep. But, you know, first platforms grab users, they abuse their users and make better business for their business consumers. And then they abuse businesses by basically clawing all that value back for themselves. So he's got a 45-minute talk on this sort of stuff in a book that follows up that I've requested. But, you know, he's looking at saying, well, we need to make set up these systems so that it is easy to switch and easy to do certain particular things. But a lot of that relies on legislation, which I don't want to go into because, God, it's boring. But it's the kind of stuff that needs to happen. We need to be able to... um, reclaim these spaces for ourselves, get what is best described as a commons. It's why I'm a fairly big advocate for creative common licensing Mm -hmm. in that software should be free to observe, to look, to examine, to explore, uh, to bug find, to correct, to go, no, this is a flaw, we're not using it or whatever, to to, to lead to that level of awareness. So, yeah, anyhow. That level um, of
1: awareness, though, is so hard to get into the, the majority, um, of the public. And, and it's so easy to use, like, you know, you can mm. Amazon for being an evil company, but not the chances are, you still order from them anyway, yes. um, uh, because it's so easy. So it's, oh, definitely. it's hard to, to get that across and, and reverse, like put the brakes on the <laughs> the, the train that's been going in the direction. I used to work for, for college bookstores, yep. um, And so you know, I was the epitome of the bad guy running a a college bookstore when it's like, dude, Amazon is undercutting us just so that they can get the entire market, and then like happens. Like, for for years they've been working on this, and um, decades at this point. So, um, yeah, totally agree.
2: Mm. So yeah, and that's basically in the in the tech IT general sphere of. Let's go the digital horizon or the, the world out there. Um jumping back to AI, um, in a, an event of what I looked at and read the title and said, No shit, Sherlock, MIT researchers discovered that deep neural networks do not see the world the same way we do. What? I. They don't think like us. Shock horror. Um, you know, in that The way that they process information leads to all sorts of weird hallucinations and all that sort of things that, you know, we've been seeing a lot of over the last chunk of time. Um, So, yeah. But there's also that classic of brain uploading, making yourself into an AI by copying your brain, which, of course, is just a copy. Um, Now, most neuroscientists think that the brain operates in what they call a classical manner, like a computer. But one of the leading, well, I can't say he's an AI researcher, but Roger Penrose, who wrote a book on the Emperor's New Mind, or called the Emperor's New Mind about, about AI, about thirty plus years ago, and I can't remember much of the details because it was just too much for my brain at the time. But he's, he was talking about how there's actually sort of some sort of weird quantum structure in our uh, neurons that lead to consciousness. Mm. So we're not a simple binary on-off computer; we're something more complicated. Okay. Which I think is like really cool.
0: Yeah, that's a. Uh, that was God. That was, like, those are just purely science fiction concepts, like, tw- like twenty-five yeah. years ago. <laughs> well,
1: and and it's funny because I, I feel like I have multiple segues from uh, from tech to gaming today, uh, thanks to you, but. But, um, you know, getting into Shadowrun and, um, you know, technomancers can, uh, they're kind of mentally or magically or whatever connected to um, to devices, to internet, to whatever. Yeah. And, uh, it, you know, we've said a lot of times that Shadowrun has accidentally predicted the future writing 60 years in advance. And so yeah. stuff where um, one of the... One of the theories is that deep in the resonance realms that only these technomancers can access is you could technically find the saved consciousness of some someone else, because the brain is just another computer. Everything mm. is data to be stored.
2: Um, um, have you ever read Isaac Asimov's uh, Foundation series? I haven't. Okay. Because in one of the, the later ones of that, um, you come across a, a batch of psychics and they can do all the regular psychic powers, which is sort of like super advanced psychology kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is they're also accessing memories that are in deep storage in their planet. So they have that whole stream of consciousness thing that you would have seen in um, the Benny Gesserit of June um, and that sort of stuff that, you know, <clears throat> that we get these ideas from what appears to be random places and it may be just observing the environment and just, Brain processing in the background, or it might be some unforeseen connection with other people. Don't know. Um, but to continue on like that, brain uploading kind of thing, um, Alex, you reminded me of this um, article that about the poisoning of AI with nightshade, and so yes, when to an touch, AI, touch. Yeah, when the AI goes out onto the internet to grab stuff and add it to its own learning model. It uh, Basically, Nightshade can be set up so that the images it grabs and it's trying to index are purposely designed to create more problems than it's worth. This is kind of an extension of the idea I talked about Glaze um, a little while back, um, like a couple of months back, in that the Glaze is designed to make it so that AIs can't read your images. It just looks like garbage. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Whereas this one is a step up from that, and it's actually poisoning the AIs. One of the best memes I found, and I can't find it anymore, is um, a Doctor Who one about the silence, and somebody posted a blank white image that says, I can't remember what I posted this, but if you tilt your laptop screen back because of the TFT, the way the the screen works, the silence appears.
0: And then you tilt it back up, and it disappears. Oh, Start making tally marks on your... Yeah. (laughs) Yes. uh... A lot of the lines are...
2: Tally marks. I've been watching The Bodies recently, so that's a, another bit of fun time travel adventure. Yeah, but, I, I um, I've, but
0: I've said this just really. I think I've said this before when we talked about AI, where it's. Yeah, you um, know, and you brought the Bene desert from Dune. We are like six thousand years ahead of schedule for the Butlerian Jihad, but here we are. <laughs> well,
2: <laughs> I don't know when the Butlerian Jihad happened because I haven't read that part of the books. I. But anyhow.
0: I want to say like eight thousand. They're this. I. I. They're. That, 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 time, that timeline is... But anyway, yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, let's see. Space factories being deployed. Um, different research saying that a consciousness actually relies on quantum entanglement, which, you know... Pig to human tra- hum- transplants. Uh, the, uh, an 85-year-old man is the second person to receive a genetically modified pig heart uh, in the growing fairy- field of medical research um the first one i think the first patient died after two months uh due to multiple factors including prior health i don't know how the current person's going because i haven't gone back to double check but a little bit of interesting biotech
1: i feel like i'm obligated to say all men are pigs <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, with, the, with, the, with the weather i've been having in california i've been sweating like one. Well, that's for right, damn sure <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, I mean, other bits of weirdness that I can throw in there um, DNA and combi- uh, combined with glass to make ultra strong but light materials. Um, they're building compound eyes. So, you know how an insect eye works with all the little compound parts. They're using the same tech, um, and it looks like they actually used that for the um, Apple um, goggle product, product project. Um, basically a compound array that then when it displays the screen on the inside to you, it uh, stitches all those bits together. So using some uh, fairly simple stuff on that sort of thing. Um, I'm going to, I think, I'm, well, if you want me to keep going, I've got plenty more, but let's have a look. Um, giant robots, lasers, bending lightning bolts. Oh, um,
0: okay. Okay. Um... Right. If, if, only because, uh, this, uh, as a as a GM who's been long suffered of the the chain lightning spell, um, <laughs> let's go with that one before we transition into tabletop stuff because one that sounds that sounds like a like an eighties metal cover and two the <laughs> sci fi nerd is curious. Well,
2: I mean, you know how most buildings have a a, a lightning collector on top, yeah, right,
0: lightning, or lightning yeah, rod, it
2: caps yeah. the lightning bolts. In this time. Basically, they've just used a high-powered laser to catch it and redirect it to where they want because, you know, the idea of a laser is a a stream of charged particles and a lightning bolt is a charged particle, so the idea is to catch the lightning bolt as it's coming down to redirect it to where you want. Now, this is going to require nanosecond kind of timing to hit just in front of the lightning bolt as it's arcing down and create enough of a channel to redirect it,
0: Mm.
2: if that makes sense. Cool.
0: Um, <laughs> Raven and Chess that sounds like the power of Dark Side. It kinda does. Oh yeah, was it the with the uh, Omega like Omega beams? Thing those were called? Uh, God, it's been forever. But that's holy shit.
2: Yeah. Oh. And there's there's plenty of other stuff on my list, but I'll throw it over to you, Rim.
0: Yeah, Let's get, let's get well, the Sim tabletop stuff.
1: I've got my own, uh, you know, tech thing to talk about with gaming. Um, so. This has been tried before, it's not necessarily a new idea, but um, it has yet to really turn successful. Um, And so I'm really interested in this uh, project. So it's by Boosted Reality um, Inc, I think, or it might be LLC, I think it's Inc. Um, And they are working on Rift Zone Contact. So what this is, is a tabletop miniatures war game that has the complexity of a Battletech or a, a, a Warhammer but mm. all of the minis have RFID tags in them. Ah. So the barrier to entry uh, for learning all these rules and 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 sitting down and playing, it's all on your phone. So you've got an app, it knows how far apart they are, it knows what each one can do, it can track history from game to game, uh, it can track improvements that you're able to do, um, and all of that is done through app. Um, so for someone that gets intimidated by war games like me, um, where it's like, this is a lot of rules to shoot someone. Um, it kind of bypasses that. So if you still mm. like the big crunchy, you can still do the big crunchy, but it also makes it more accessible to uh, lighter gamers.
0: That's really cool.
2: Huh. That does sound really cool. I do know one thing I heard of like years back called Golem Un- Arcana. Yep, I don't I think it know. used RFID tags, but it was sort of in a similar sort of idea of, you know, making the the, the the tabletop more i suppose digitally interactive mm-hmm. for want of a better word yeah um, I, so you can mm, I,
1: it's it's definitely interesting and i i, I haven't gotten to look in, into what was it goblin arcana is that what it was goblin
2: arcana. uh golem golem um
1: so uh i haven't gotten to look into it myself but i know that it kind of whenever someone talks about it they're like oh yeah the one that crashed and burned." Um, so, it'll be interesting to see what comes of this and if, if the world of gaming is ready for it, if these guys are ready for it. So,
2: um, well, I, mean, I think the biggest barrier for entry for them will be making the tech cheap enough for them to mass produce because, um, you know, RFID tags, you can put them inside bloody stickers for products. So, as you walk out the the beepy gates, they go beepity beep, beep, beep if you're trying to shoplift, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So the tech's out there, and it's really well-established these days, so maybe this time around they'll succeed.
1: Yeah. So uh, that's a good one. Um, another bit of news um, in gaming is, did you guys hear about the Evil Genius lawsuit? No. Okay. So um, huh. the details, I'll, I'll have to pull up the details again. So basically Evil Genius had an IP... Um, for a game that was supposed to come out with a Netflix show, and yep. for whatever reason, I think there's multiple, and it's it's hard to kind of gauge both sides of the the conversation here. Um, is this
2: Rebel Moon? Yes. Okay.
1: So they had an RPG. They've written books. They've like the work is done, and for whatever reason, um, the IP holder has yanked it and said, "Nope, we don't want to work with you anymore." So oh. Evil Genius is like, we've got work that's done. Um there's a rumor, I'm not sure if this is true or not, that the Netflix series was going to use some of the occurrences that was written by the game company in their show. Um, so there's there's a lawsuit here for um for uh them to take on a a, a major corporation. Mm. Oh. I know I know this stuff happens in gaming, but most gaming companies are so small and managed by creatives and not not business people so you don't see this happen very often uh so it'll be interesting to watch that and see what happens with it uh, they
2: uh do, evil, Sorry, are Evil Genius the guys who do Fate or is that somebody else I'm I thinking think off. they
1: do Fate there's a bunch of people. Okay. there's evil, evil Hat,
0: hat I believe hat well, right, yeah, sorry. Evil Genius is uh, I want to say Everyday Heroes. Everyday Heroes, they're yeah. they're newer. They yeah. they've only been a okay. couple years. That's, I noticed um, I i've i've applied to them a few times to you know to, oh because uh there was there was the they because they had everyday heroes is like you know, you know a lot of like you know uh like classic like pulpy tv splats they've got ones like you know escape from new york adventures they've got highlander adventures and uh and squeaky wheels so like i you want me to write you want me to write a mummy one um because that's everyday heroes is
1: cool so i haven't played the system yet I went to a trade show though, and they had standees supporting it. And one of their standees was uh, um, a girl in a wheelchair. And I'm like, I'm in, I don't like, I don't even care what this is anymore. I'm in. Um, uh, Oddly enough, I ended up sitting next to the CEO on our flight. Uh,
0: Small world. So we just
1: talked the whole time. I was like, and he's really cool. He he comes from business, so he's actually running it like a business. It's it's yeah. gonna be really interesting to watch Evil Genius.
0: Yeah. It's the, yeah. Okay. And as like, and even like <clears throat> as as a game, like so that one of the biggest you know, critiques people have of like the five V model is no one ever really gets to twenty. So mm. yeah. So they they cut the progression in half. So the characters go from one to ten. Um. And so you you get like all it's not like, like oh well you wait till the second tier of play at like fifth level and then like every level like you get new a bunch of new toys to play with because it's all condensed yeah um, and the uh, the system is just is is really fun uh, any game cool. then again that allows me to. You know, to do the the Terminator Two thing and use strength to shoot a minigun. I was like, yeah, you give me more of that. No, it's. I'm- <laughs> uh,
1: let's let's talk because I actually know a couple of the guys that work for them now. Yeah. Um, so so I can get you introduced. But um, oh yeah, but yeah, it's uh, that's gonna be an interesting to, one to watch. Uh, and honestly, Evil Genius in general. Uh, two years ago, you never heard anything about him, and now you hear about him everywhere.
0: Yeah. So oh, okay.
1: I'm very interested to see what what they can do. Um, and what they turn gaming into, the future of gaming into. Um, the, the great magic heist of 2023 uh, oh. has trial coming soon.
0: I, <laughs> uh, I can't believe that's an actual, that's a thing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: I was like, there's gotta be a funnier way to say this, and there is. So <laughs> the great magic heist of 2023... Uh, the guys were found. We talked about this a few months ago when it happened. Um, but the guys were found, uh, and I think their trials coming up in the next month or so. Um, oh,
0: I hope it's televised.
1: Me, <laughs> I doubt it's important enough to be. But like, me too. <laughs> um, so yeah, so they're they're getting their comeuppance. What else is happening? Uh, Matt Lillard is is uh, launching a new Kickstarter coming up for a new game um it's a card game and he also has a new whiskey line that's fantasy themed so there's like different dragons and stuff like that um harebrained schemes the video game company
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um they uh just were i don't know if win under is the right term uh the company that owned them i always blank on the big company names i can name the small company
2: um is it piranha (laughs) games Oh, is it Piranha
1: or... Um, Piranha. I, I
2: Paradox think. Interactive.
1: Maybe. I think it was Paradox Interactive. But um, but they got rid of the whole staff, so uh, it's it's,
0: okay.
1: it's done. Uh, we don't know yet what they plan Maybe they plan to sell the company, maybe, who knows. But there were some um, big IPs that were well-loved. Shadowrun was uh, done for video games mm. by them. Battletech and MechWarrior were done by them for video games, um, they've got a lot of them out there, so it's, uh, it's sad to see. Um, but we'll be keeping an eye on that. Uh, well, in
2: terms of Battletech releases, uh, MechWarrior 5 Clans is due out sometime, I think, next year, which was Paradox Interactive. So the MechWarrior series may well keep going, but the Battletech turn-based strategy game that Hairbrain did, uh, who knows what will happen to it. We'll see.
1: Yeah um so a couple of other small bits of news uh realm smith uh we partnered with uh catalyst partnered with realm smith to produce a live action D uh shadow run game uh kind of critical role style including a lot of the actors that were in critical role as um as like guest arcs so christian navarro was in it luis Carazo, um anjali Bamani, um Nora Ibrahim. Uh, so we had a great cast, and we even had some guest stars like Jason Charles Miller, and then also uh, Emily Swallow, who is the uh, armorer in The Mandalorian. It was her first ever TTRPG experience <laughs> ever, and she got to play Shadowrun with us, which was so fun. Man, um, coming out swinging, right? What so, uh, got to bring the Shadowrun back uh, as mm. as as loudly and frequently as possible. <clears throat> Matt Mercer even made an appearance, um, yeah. so that was pretty cool um, and a nice surprise. Um, and then finally, I just wanted to talk about one con. Um, so I've gone to eight to ten cons this year, um, four Catalyst, for the most part. I, I've traveled basically at least once a month since March. Um, wow. And I just went to one for the first time in Madison, Wisconsin. It's Hole Con, and honestly, I think it's my favorite um, Gamehole. ever. Hole Con. It's got the stupidest ass name, but <laughs> but I love it. It's um, very intimate. It's kind of like Gary Con. Um, a lot of celebrities show up. A lot of um, uh, designers and stuff. You have a chance to play with them when you you rarely. Get ever do for special guests and stuff because they sell out or are too expensive Ooh. i i got to play with some like big people in gaming that like i've seen at other cons and and never just get a chance to play with for like eight bucks um so i got to play seven games i never get to game at cons anymore ever yeah. um so yeah. that was amazing uh it's a little vendor hall with a lot of uh niche vendors um and it's all RPG. Uh they they've yeah. got a little they've got room for other things too, um a little space, but like it's mainly RPG. Um True Dungeon was there and for a small con to have True Dungeon like it, it's pretty darn cool. Um so Monty Cook actually attended and it was their first time out since before COVID. So um yeah, I I if you get the chance to, if there's one con I can recommend out of all the ones and all the trade shows that I've been to this year, uh, Geary-Con used to be my favorite, and now it's it's Gamehole, so you should check it out.
0: <laughs> and, and you said it was intimate, intimate. I would certainly hope a place called Gamehole would at least be a little bit a little bit intimate. So, <laughs> that, but that's that that is that is really cool. It's, it's one of those things where, like, yeah, you see a you know a smaller convention you just get yo know, bigger and bigger and bigger, and before before mm. uh, Games Day, you know, just stopped being a thing. You know, that's that you know that was one of one of the other. Three cons I would attend. At least, you know, here in my neck of the woods in California, it'd be you know WonderCon, ComicCon, and Games Day. Um, just young know, I we 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 all had that friend who had that that thing in them which would just come and get like the the merch and re for like, what are you buying? And, w- and with him, it was my you know, high school buddy was like white dwarf, and uh, there went <laughs> all of my money forever. Uh, yeah, yeah, but um but yeah no it's the the, the the small cons are they're they're a gift and treasure them because if they're small yeah and, definitely and they're great they're gonna get bigger and as yeah, things well, get bigger well they become a high well one. yeah
2: not always because like melbourne used to have four four rpg based cons running scattered throughout the year and as far as i can tell these days there's really only one that's mm-hmm. left over another one's trying to get rebooted um, but we still get, I mean, we still get uh, packs and supernova and flavors of the American cons over here. It's sort of everybody flies over for a weekend, they do their thing, and then they head back to the US, and it doppers itself around Australia because yeah. you know it's fairly big here.
1: Yeah. Someone, um, yeah. someone mentioned that uh, Gamehole Con feels like Gen Con did when it was still in Wisconsin before it got massive um Mm. you get a lot of the industry folks you know you walk into a room i I sat down and someone was like oh what do you do and um i was like oh i'm marketing for catalyst and they were like oh hi i'm shane hensley and the the founder of pinnacle um oh okay mr savage worlds (laughs) (laughs) hi (laughs) so you just Love and, and every interaction you run into everyone that's there like it's small mm. enough that you can't miss them also the food trucks are wonderful
0: oh, that's that's the one constant with conventions the food trucks outside like i and like there's things you couldn't eat on a regular basis but you're putting in like you know 30,000 steps a goddamn day at a convention nope. so it yeah. you you're at, you at least wash out yeah it's um, <laughs> the, 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 yeah the 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 bratwurst wonder cone <gasps> They everywhere
1: i go there's the, the place like uh, origins in columbus i'll eat four times at one place because i found the place that <laughs> is so good
0: <laughs> the golden child yeah <laughs> no oh man same uh as the, the, that, that is one of the best things like you know comic-con too going like the, but also because like i've been going to comic-con for god like I'm old. We've like 15 years. Uh, of, like almost annually, been going to Comic Con, and this every year, especially after I hit 21, I found the really good places to go to. Uh, the Werewolf in San Diego, uh, my absolute favorite. Ooh, awesome. No, uh, yeah, it's the there's yeah, con- like convention food is um yeah that it, it, if, if that's where half the money goes at least.
1: Um, I I need to get right. better at yeah. posting
0: on like Instagram of all my travels and stuff
1: because I'm I'm very bad at it. But something that could help me is like it's a gaming Instagram, and yet I would be like, "So mm. I'm heading here for this con.
0: Where's the food? Like, <laughs> <laughs> tell me where the food is." No, but that, that, that'll that'll fit the that, because the Venn diagram of game of like mm. tabletop gamers and people that like questionably healthy snacks. That Venn diagram is <laughs> almost a circle. So like, yeah, yeah, you'll be like, oh yeah, no, this nacho place, this place, yeah, yeah, you know, you will have. You'll want for nothing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Good artery hardening stuff.
0: Oh yeah, but you're gonna be putting in all the steps of the con anyways. Again, Mm. it's 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 like it never happened, right?
1: Yeah, right. (laughs) It's like your metabolism is what it was at 14 again. It's
0: (laughs) Yeah, she's doing like Uh, a goddamn death march through Hall H. Yeah. Um (laughs) Oh man. But um yeah, between it's like Tabletop wise, uh, I just did that this. This past month, uh, was one that I've been. I know I've had my eyes on. Um, was it a? It was a Cities Without Number, um, which is you know by, um, you know within the the same chain as Stars Without Number and Worlds Without Number, Uh, but this one is the the Judge Dread, lately distinct Judge Dread and Cyberpunk one. Um, Oh, okay, and you know. Given that we are here on Nation Uncensored, um, yeah, it's it's worth mentioning, even though it's like I, the the I have a very small I I, I see it turning red. That's my thought, uh, and then then the, the 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 conch shell is yours. Um, yeah, the for number, I picked it up because well, I had kick-started it and I got it, but it was that the thing big thing for me, uh, seeing so many people in like the Cybernet the uh Cyberpunk Reddit, like oh, cities elsewhere the tables to generate mega buildings generate neighborhoods generate cities in general uh, absolute like dystopian cyberpunk GM smorgasbord. um and it's that alone was was worth it yes rem you are you're 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 getting my level of red what's up?
1: I can't believe <laughs> I can't believe I forgot to say this while at game Holkon one of the seven games I got to play finally was cyberpunk red
0: Yes! One of us. One of us.
1: (laughs) My first minis. By the way, Monster Fight Club is one of my clients now. Nice. (laughs) Um, I got my first minis. Hot take. Shadowrun is still better. (laughs) Magic. Just the magic. Mm -hmm. Give me magic.
2: Having, in my transition away from, um, let's go, Redbox D&D, the into uh, middle earth role playing and, and role master the next stop after that was shadow run um and i love the magic inspired stuff um and the beautiful elmore art on the cover um but the nice thing is that with cyberpunk you've got that dystopian blend of technology whereas if it's got fantasy and elves and magic and stuff it still feels hopeful if that makes sense i I know it. having read through the backgrounds and stuff and played through first and second edition um yes i know there's a lot of stuff going in the background that makes it less happy
1: i would argue though that it being cyberpunk is hopeful because being punk is is punching up so like yeah it goes badly a lot and the world is a Fucking shit show. I had to think for a second what show I was on. Um, <laughs> uh, it is a shit show, but um, the fact is, like, you're doing what you can to subvert the corpse. You're doing what you can to get a piece of goodness back. You're playing the criminal, but mm. so that doesn't mean you're the bad guys.
2: Mm. And that's yeah. what I
1: love about cyberpunk. Yeah.
2: Um, so. I, I think both have their, their little niche. I mean, the weird thing is I took a, a sideways journey into cyberspace, which is, a game that popped up, released, let's go with 10 books, maybe only nine, and then disappeared before 93, I think. Mm. Um, so nobody really knows of it, but, you know, I had it, I read it, and like most of the stuff done by Iron Crown Enterprises, it's extremely number-crunchy and rules-heavy, unfortunately, which is one of the things that killed it. The nice thing about Shadowrun is it's been really rules-light. I don't know about 6th, but I, I've played a bit of fifth. Um, but yeah,
1: the the game I played of Cyberpunk, um, I'm sure might it had pre gens and stuff like that, but the character sheet was a page and a half versus Shadowrun, <laughs> which is usually five pages. Yeah. Um, so it's it's just Shadowrun is so crunchy, and I did like from Cyberpunk that it was a very easy transition for me to play, where it was like, oh, this is the same setup. You have a, a Johnson meet, you have um legwork you do you have the run that inevitably goes sideways and then you have um the big fight uh the, mm. the pink mohawk um because your black trench coat did not work um so like it, it felt very similar it was just like the the thing that i always like about magic users and especially in a world not dissimilar to our own but futuristic is that for me it's less about playing the barbarian and punch or shoot my way out of things and it's more of like what spells and what assets do i have that can get me out of a situation a little more
2: or even even just clever plays coming up with an idea that nobody's ever thought of that go oh yeah well let's try this stupid idea
1: yeah and then of course
2: it's it's something to
1: shoot out someone's tires as they're trying to get away from you but it's another thing to cast ice sheet and they fuck themselves over with that role you know kind of thing um, oh. so so I i definitely see the place for both. I didn't mm-hmm. dislike it, I had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But if I had my choice, I'd play a mage honestly. I'd play a face if I um if I did cyberpunk because I'd be like, all right,
0: yeah, the the the, the thing that's the perpetually for me, and I've I know I've mentioned it before the the nothing nothing gives, it gives me more blonde moments than Shadowrun's dice mechanics. Um, <laughs> and it's like because I, I love Shadowrun's lore um but the for the sixth world is definitely the the easiest to consume um it mm. still gives me a brain hemorrhage um because I I, yeah. I I have to i have to fight my ginger cat for the with the one ginger brain cell in the house and i i i, I, <laughs> I can't um but uh no, but the the lores the lore of shadow run i've i've always loved it mm. and i I'll, every time i try and get into a game um, it always f- seems to f- to fall apart and collapse like the Holy yeah. Roman Empire. Um, so one day, oh, it's, but yeah, I, think- I mean,
2: it's the one thing that I think fassa did really well is both with Shadowrun and BattleTech is they had deep and expansive lore because I think they had a lot of history people writing stuff for them and and just extrapolating all over the place. Yeah. And yeah. and same with Earthdawn as well. Um, just. Linking back to uh, Humble Bundles, last month there was a shadow run Humble Bundle up, but it's now lapsed. Um, but we do have Vampire the Masquerade and uh, Warhammer pen and paper RPG stuff. Um, and also Doctor Who audio dramas. Ooh. And in celebration of Halloween, um, Elizabeth Sladen's daughter dressed up as Sarah Jane Smith from Doctor Who. If you know anything about Tom Baker era Doctor Who of the early 80s, you'll know who this character is. But yes, it was just really cool. And of course, because it's her daughter, the daughter, it's spitting image kind of stuff. Awesome. Um, also, in uh, Bundle of Holding, we've got cult stuff, palladium stuff, uh, Dungeon Call Classic Funnels for zero, level zero characters to grind them out, I suppose. And something called Nirubu, which I've never heard of before, sci-fi role-playing game on lost memories on the continent on a space station the size of a continent. If that's your jam,
0: I, I do love my macro size technology. That is, and, and that's one of the things why I, the you know, reasons why I stuck with Warhammer. It's like, yeah, like, yeah, the yeah, Titan. Uh, what is a Titan? <laughs> oh yeah, and then it's like, oh that's uh, that's that's a lot of that's a lot of kilometers written in a book. And then you see like the Forge World one that's the size of like a freaking six year old kid. It's like, oh my god. I just
2: uh, something you said for giant stompy game. robots. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. So
1: I, I just got to play uh battle tech at Game Hulkon as well for the first time. And I understand the fun now. Um it was uh at first I was like doing 10 damage, 15 damage, whatever. And then I got the bigger mech. It it was a grinder. So it was like every time you die, you get a bigger mech. And uh, when I could do with one weapon, double tap it and do 40 damage. And then someone unloaded full alpha strike on me. And I looked at my damage at the end and went, oh, that's cute. Um, That was when I was like, this is fun.
0: (laughs) 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 Uh, Oh, my. Yeah. Uh, The. Oh, man. It's the I. I wish, when like mini wargaming wasn't so wasn't so expensive because I, I I miss it I miss it so much. This is
2: why I have a three D printer. <laughs>
0: That's easy um, to print. yeah, true.
2: Because <laughs> there's so much stuff up on Colts Three D, uh, My Mini Factory, and other places that you can just download, or you know, even Thingiverse, you can just download and use. Um, I mean, if you want to get fancy and patronize people, um, you can, but. Yes, it's a cheaper way into the hobby. Um, yeah,
0: yeah. Also the cost of entry is not as much. Yeah, well, the, the the cost of entry is getting a a, a decent three D printer, and that's that's the the one thing I'm I, true. It's, it's 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 on the it's on the docket. Um, mm. it's one of the working like three different freelance jobs. But um, God, speaking of, we have ten minutes left, and we we've, we've talked of. If we talked about like so you know wargaming stuff which i that's going to be a a quick and easy transition into one of the first review, reviews i have for uh geek stuff primarily gaming um and it's the uh, within the the last last month um warhammer 40k dark tide uh, which had a a decent release it was all right um had a a major overhaul um, that completely changed the way the game is played. Um, and now it went from being like, it's okay. It's 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 not as good as Vermintide two, but now to the point where like, the free t- free time I get, I will I will hop in and slay the shit out of some heretics. Um, <laughs> that's the this the, the the way they they reorganized the game with like skill trees and the and aside from like the soundtrack being an absolute ap- a a collection of bangers. Uh this, the the soundtrack and sound design this is like is, in games is always going to always going to be a big selling point for me cuz it immerses. Uh mm-hmm. I can forgive my mechan- you know whatever mechanical stuff, but they made the mechanics really freaking polished and now the so altogether it is a whole new ball game. Uh if you if you have it and you haven't picked it up because it got old, uh reinstall it, play it again, give it a try uh cuz all the new cla- all like the the class trees are super fun. Um I love running with all my friends doing an all Ogrin team. So uh no one can see anything on the screen because we're all double wads. Um but the uh one of the class items now is a a hand grenade but ogren sized. So imagine throwing a a hand grenade the size of a watermelon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh Ooh. yeah it's it's been it's been great i've thoroughly enjoyed it um and speaking of cyberpunk i'm sure everyone in cyber nation what's your roommate? um it's the uh everyone here in cyber nation as well aware um phantom liberty came out um speaking of tech like mechanical overhauls that has been fun
2: Oh good. Um just so you know, it's available for half price on um Humble Bundle.
0: And I paid full price for it. Uh, <laughs> but you got more fun. Yeah. So you, you know, a
1: gremlin there.
0: Yeah. That's the I, I am yeah, the, the perpetually disheveled host. It's not it's getting i think it's almost midnight of, for for you, Rem, so that yeah, I am I'm becoming a, a gremlin. <laughs> um but no, it is um because whenever I I don't GM, um, or when I'm playing a game, I like to be the brick. You know, if, if I'm playing tabletop, if I'm if I have the chance to play tabletop, I want to be the barbarian because I just want to grab something and just like punch them so hard they do the pug thing. Um, and <laughs> I I get to do that in Phantom Liberty. Um. I, it's, I i i I've, I've become the Terminator. It's the it's the, I'm I'm playing a Night City, but I am I am the Terminator. I am RoboCop, and I just I just walk forward, slap someone for the audacity of looking at me, and they just turn into red pixels. It's it's <laughs> so satisfying. Oh, um,
2: uh, the classic solo defense of turning to a red mist. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've had a couple the, do that.
0: Yeah, I know. It's, it's the, yeah. It's pretty the way you get the, the gorilla arms uh, and having played, you know, having played Scarecrow, and, and I see Raven think we need to brainstorm with Scare Bear, just Scarecrow's other call sign among his friends. But yeah, when he's like, you you pull the Henry Cavill thing, it's like reload your biceps and you <laughs> you smack someone and they just represent bolognese. Um, it's it's yeah. great. It's so much fun.
2: You just mentioned Henry Cavill, and I think we should drop this one in here as well. Talking about banging soundtracks and Henry Cavill, there's looking like a, a remake of Highlander with the guy who was the director from um, the John Wick movies, um, and they're planning on keeping the sa- Queen soundtrack if they can.
0: Ooh, so I,
2: oh, don't,
0: don't give me. Hope. <laughs> yes, that's good. Oh, that's I. I hope uh, we 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 stand our we stand our nerd king. Um, yeah, it's ah, uh, and especially since the, I because they've been teasing the the Henry Cavill Warhammer series, I mm. I having gone like in the last month through three of the Eisenhorn books, I I want I want that so bad, um Eisenhorn being forty k's, <laughs> um Sherlock Holmes basically. You know, oh, cool! Yes, yeah, so if, if if Sherlock Holmes said of being ah, elementary, he's like, oh yes, exterminatus, <laughs> and would you know, <laughs> yeah, it's so like uh, it's yeah, Moriarty doesn't go to prison. Moriarty gets like his mind flayed. Um, it's a super fun series. Um, i i love a i love a a good murder mystery, uh, with a twist, and that's why like I loved uh the Dresden Files so much because it's mm. it, it's you know murder mystery noir. With the with the a of you know magic and supernatural and everything exists and this it is um, like you know very like murder mystery you know who done it but it's you know a a warhammer forty k inquisitor you know going out and, and doing his you know his highbrow you know you know cyber monocle stuff um and ah, man there's so much it's been months uh into <laughs> the segue with the investigation um. I don't know if people here love the uh, the Perot stories, as much, the Hercule Perel stories, as much as I do. Because again, I love mysteries. The latest one. Um, oh, yeah, exactly, Ooh. Raven. I hope he uh, I, holding I, in Venice. I, I, it was so good. Mm-hmm. I, I when saw that in the cinema. Yeah, I I, I, I I saw it in the big screen. I I wasn't sure what to ex- what to expect because uh, like definitely the Nile was good. It had a, a sprinkling of sequelitis for me. But uh this one was totally so different um mm. I, I, I like it's for those who have a I, not not a, not a weak constitution but it's primarily if you are easily startled and people who have you know might have mm. like heart problems there's jump scares in it, so be forewarned yeah um but um it's not it doesn't rely solely on jump scares, which I appreciate no. you know it was
2: very atmospheric mm-hmm,
0: yeah that's the, it's uh it's grand old time. And, that's...
2: and the thing I noticed going through it is that he it, it seems to be in callbacks, this is Brenner, the director, uh, filmically to, like, a lot of classic movies of early eras. It has a lot of that has stronger quality filmmaking in it that I associate mentally with, like, 40-plus years ago. Um, so, yeah, it was really a really nice piece.
0: Awesome. I'm still counting off of my fingers. Did I? Did I? Did I get everything? Hold on. I have show notes for that reason. Uh Oh, Ahsoka. I I can't call myself a Star Wars fan any, anymore. Um, Ahsoka oh. was. It and it was it was it was weird on that the. To the laughing got Oh, of course Raven. Of course, of course you play a Harlequin Raven. Anyway, uh, but different sci-fi franchise ahsoka um i i wasn't sure what to expect going in um it was very arthurian which i i really liked um it was okay i, I was sad to um you tend know, to see ray stevenson you know it was you know I've, I've been following ray stevenson ever since he was in the hbo rome series it's his final uh performance as an actor so you know uh, as a but he he had a, a gravitas. Um he definitely stole the show. Uh Lars Mickelson as uh as Thrawn was uh captivating. The the vi- the villains are like the bread and butter of the show. Um mm-hmm. ah- Ahsoka's like Ahsoka's fantastic, but the uh you know, with a lot of hero journeys, the the hero's adventure is only so good as the villains that give them the drive and they yeah. get him through that in spades. Um mm-hmm. There's, uh, there is there is a, a, a like a, a weight like a kind of like Kylo Ren without the 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 three you know, the 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 crossguard lightsaber, oh, yeah. but this Ray Stevenson's like like Dark Knight like you know like Arthurian Black Knight as a, a Star Wars character was so cool, um, <laughs> yeah, it was it, it was very it had a lot of spa- extra space whimsy even for Star Wars, um, it opens the door for a lot of like cool weird esoterica within the franchise um and i it's definitely like a a good stepping stone i think a a lot of this was like foundation work for a season two being really really good this wasn't bad Mm -hmm. but uh you know it's like with any like big meta arc they it it feels like they were kind of like setting stuff up for later okay but all in all i would i'd recommend it It it's worth a watch but um I think my books, the the game stuff, the movies, the shows. Mm -hmm. I I think that's it for me. I'm
2: I mean I'm pretty much done as well. I mean (laughs) the only book I can mention is the the discovery of an Egyptian book of the dead buried (laughs) in a cemetery.
0: I've seen this movie. Um,
2: (laughs) So have I. Great movie. Um it's Three and a half thousand years old, um, contains numerous. Yeah, the, the cemetery itself is three and a half thousand years old. It's got all sorts of stuff in it, and they're just sort of going through and digging it up. So, yeah, um, well.
1: I'm going to say the thing that must be said put it back. Yeah. Leave it
0: there. Yeah. As, as, Walk
1: as... away. Back away slowly.
0: As was said in The Mummy, no, you mustn't read from the book! <laughs> what happened yeah. okay to from reading a book? <clears throat> yeah, it's the, what kind of yeah. <laughs> um,
1: Just once, I'd love there to be a story of, like, something monumental in science or history or, or something like that 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 happens, that's totally the plot of a movie, and someone actually listens to the movie and doesn't do the stupid <laughs> thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, but it's the yeah you know, that is the ultimate like the the core the core crescent of the storytelling it's not and then and then it's like thing happens therefore um yeah yeah it's like oh person does dumb thing therefore bad things happen fuck around therefore find out <laughs> yes uh, the, the
1: only truth pr- truth of life that i've ever seen with that is uh is any like you should go check it out, and the black person in the group is like, "Fuck you! You go check it out." Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, tw- yeah, tw- yeah tw- twenty years. Yeah, tw- twenty let's years. Let's all go together, films. and you in front. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's let split up, gang. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, friend. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh Which, it's a Parting note. um Think of the Scooby-Doo and the, the, the Quest in Whiskey, uh, Lillard is in the Five Nights at Freddy movie, and uh, he's he was magic. It was, it was so good seeing him, even for the little cameo that he was. He's a good person, oh, too. Like, support his stuff. Good yeah. egg. But um, that is, I think that's our time, and mm-hmm. that is at the least, very at least all I wrote. So, uh, once again, thank you, everyone who showed up to you know come in and listen to us be talking heads on the internet um i am alex your increasingly disheveled host um joined by the lovely gomi and rim um rim where they where can they find you on the the web space
1: uh rem alternus um on facebook and instagram though i need to post there more as i've discussed um I'm on Twitch at twitch.tv slash master of REM. I'm at uh, Catalyst Game Labs YouTube. I run all their socials, um, Shadowcasters Network for Shadowrun content. Um, And you can watch our Facebook page at Rem Alternative Productions to see all the cool Kickstarters we're working on, uh, like Hellslayers, which is a Morkborg setting uh, that's demons in space. We've got uh, the Kevin J. Anderson, Persephone uh, book that is live now and about halfway through. So we're getting close to $30,000. So check that out. Um, support Kevin. Um, I think those are the ones that are live. La- oh, we have one launching Tuesday for Catalyst. That's two board games, uh, Parachute mm-hmm. Panda and Fandubel. Fandubel is a dungeon-crawling uh, dragon-hunting treasure adventure and uh and parachute panda is about skydiving pandas that happen to be skydiving over a crocodile pit and you want to be the last one to <laughs> land so the crocodile gets uh full on all your friends and you survive so you know for the kids um you yeah must stuff. <laughs> uh, oh, that one will be on backer kit so um check them out and uh follow our
0: facebook's all right and uh go where can they find them um, if they can I'm,
2: yeah, look, I'm out there. I'm on the Impossible Emporium, uh, on my website, and also have a YouTube channel, but I'm mainly just posting um, 3D animated content at the moment. So I've got a few Cyberpunk ads that I've put together a while back now, but I've been dabbling with a piece of 3D software called Blender and uh, seeing what I can make with it and break with it for that part. So Impossible Emporium.
0: All right, yeah. And then um, you can find me at... Uh... I haven't, got, I haven't got my own twitter in forever at uh at alex r maxwell on twitter uh because twitter twitter makes, twitter makes me sad most of the time man but um i do not twit anymore i don't yeah well it's it's, it's acting now whatever the hell uh, yeah but that's usually where you can find me otherwise you can find me uh in the Nation uncensored discord uh discord is the best place to find me for just about anything um so yeah if you you see see me around on cybernation you know poke and say and say hi um if i don't answer i'm either working or i'm asleep um but other than that uh i hope everyone has had a great time i know i certainly have and as for audience i'll be seeing you later later everybody